the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, new focus on wealth with certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Drawing from his 28-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New focus on wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Joining me today, CFP, Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors, talking about an upcoming retirement income and tax planning seminar. Chad, getting back to doing the seminars, it feels good. It does. Talk, yes. Yeah. It does. It really it's just, it's a weird thing to say. I said that last segment. I was like, uh, for second one since the uh, pandemic. I'm like, I never thought I'd say that. Um, a surreal few years, but a key point of retirement income and tax planning is safe money. What does the word safe money mean to you? And how do we incorporate safe money into our financial portfolio? Well, it's a little easier now that interest rates are higher. That's for sure. I mean, people are, can get actually paid on their cash, but the term safe money is a little bit different for you know people that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and, and they're working. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, The average family needs, they have to look at all of their expenses that are going to be there, whether or not you're working or not, right? Your mortgage, your your utility bills, and things like that. And if something happens, do you have enough safe money to pay six to 12 months of all of your expenses? So that's the typical term that you're using for safe money, right? But when you go into and you're starting to transition into retirement, it's different. You need your safe money goal, in my opinion, needs to be three years worth of your portfolio draws, not three years worth of your expenses. That's way too much. But three years worth of your portfolio draws because you have to say, okay, how much do I need to spend on all of my expenses, all of my healthcare costs, and even paying taxes, right? Because when you pull that money out of the 401k, if that's where you're going to be drawing, you're going to pay taxes when you do that. So what is all of your expenses minus your automatic sources of income, like social security, maybe you have pension, maybe you have very stable and dependable rental income. And whatever's left over, you know you're going to have to draw that out of your investments somewhere, right? You're going to have to draw it out somewhere. And you want three years worth of that number in a totally safe spot, something that can't lose money, something that doesn't go down in value when interest rates go up. And 22 is a perfect example, 2022, right? We had the S&P 500 down 18% after dividends and the Barclays aggregate bond index down close to almost 14%. Um, And so you had stocks and bonds down at the same exact time. And that's happened before. Um, you know, I saw it early in the 90s when I got into the business and I said, okay, between how well the stock market does over time, the only time that it can really hurt you is if it drops and you have to sell to pay your expenses and then you just don't have as much to recover. Um, 
So you've really got to think of that as this. Once you retire, you have your safe money account that you can live off of, of it, but your portfolio's job is to continually replenish that safe money account with dividends from stocks, interest from bonds, and occasionally on a quarterly basis, did your portfolio go up? Well, let's sell some growth and replenish the cash that you've been spending. And so um, it's, it, it's, it's an issue of uh, making sure that you don't have to have bad timing in the market. You don't have to sell stocks or bonds when they're down because you got enough safe money, dividends and interest, social security, pension, rental income, and all that good stuff to make sure that, hey, you're fine. You can make it through recessions and market corrections. It's not an issue. A lot to go on when you're talking about how much to save for retirement and how you'd be pulling money out. Um, the portfolio draw is something I tried to tackle in an earlier segment today. The required minimum distribution, how Congress didn't change the rule for 40 years, then they changed it. And it was like two years later, they changed it again. They're, they're letting us wait longer. Is waiting longer the solution? I think most Americans are going to have to work longer. And so okay. part of it is is making it sure that they don't have to pull money out, even though that's a silly thing is that, you know, if you're, if you're in your seventies and you're still working for a company because you can't afford to retire, you could roll your IRAs into your 401k. And if you're still working for that company, you don't have to take required minimum distribution. So it's like they're, you know, solving problems that don't need to be solved. There are already ways to deal with it. But yeah, under the Secure 2.0 Act, it was, you know, passed, gosh, it feels like just a short time ago, just a few weeks, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they increased the age that you have to take money out of your IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, and things like that to 73. And then it's going to you know, go up over time even higher. Um, and then there's a lot of other changes coming from that Secure 2.0 Act um, you know, in the coming years. For instance, all the, a lot of the catch-up contributions are going to have to go into the Roth. So you're going to have to potentially, depending on your high income status, you might have to forego the pre-tax and pay taxes and put your catch-up contributions to the Roth. But there's a lot of clarity that's going to come out of that because it was passed and there's a lot of technical issues. How do you feel about that as a certified financial planner? Because you have to stay on top of this. To me, I can kind of cover it in financial media on a very soft level, but you have to be very detailed the software has to be updated in your computers. Like there's a lot to deal anytime Congress would deal with anytime Congress changes the laws. And it probably makes your life a little bit more difficult, I would imagine. Well, for me, it, it makes it exciting. I mean, one of the reasons okay. why I love this business so much is that each person is different. Each financial plan is different and always evolving and, you know, keeping up on the tax code, the estate planning, the investment part's almost the easy part, Rob, these days. It's like, you know, with our technology and everything else, yeah, we, we manage portfolios. Um, but we're dealing with tax planning, estate planning, insurance issues, you know, all of the things that, that as you build wealth, the more and more time it takes a person to deal with, that's the stuff that we're helping with. I saw recently in financial news that one of the founders of one of the big softwares, I think it was Juncture, recently mm-hmm. passed away. And I was like, I wonder if that's as important to Chad as Warren Buffett is to me. Uh, because obviously I'm, I use Warren Buffett a lot, but software, it doesn't make your job easier, but it's really complicated software. And it was good that someone kind of uh, upped the game in, in financial planning software. No, Juncture was amazing. I mean, we used it for years and years and years. Now we use a version of, of Salesforce that's industry specific um, since we're a much larger company now. Um, but uh, Rob, when I, when I got into the business and I remember in like, you know, 94 time frame, 1994 doesn't seem that long ago, but it was, um, 
in order to get an update on mutual funds, I'd have to wait for the Morningstar magazine. This like it looked like a almost a newspaper that was stapled together so that you could flip through it and see what the mutual funds were holding and what the returns were were and the you know upside downside capture ratios and and now all that stuff's at our fingertips. Um, it's it's really easy to get that information. So the investing side has become a lot easier. Whereas tax code has become a lot more complicated, especially in 2017, where there was a lot of things that were passed that are really good for retirees, but you just have to know how to use it. Interesting that you say that, because I remember eating cereal in the morning and going through the newspaper and seeing how certain mutual funds did um, the tech funds versus the growth funds versus the value funds, but it was in the back of the newspaper. And that idea now, it just seems absurd. Um but back to the event that we have coming up, because I'm totally <laughs> digressing on you. Um, three years of safe money. Do you think that's enough? Does that change with interest rates being higher? Because my safe money is now getting 4% and it feels pretty good. Uh, but inflation's higher than 4%. So at the same time, I'm also kind of, on one hand, it's good. On the other hand, it's a little frustrating. But is the safer money getting easier for you to view CDs and high yield interest rate on online accounts? Has that changed at all for you? Well, absolutely. I mean, we were having several years where it was tough to even get 1% on your savings, right? Um, now, you can easily get online FDIC-insured liquid savings accounts that are tied to your existing checking account and you know get north of 3.5%. Um, I recently saw a, a, a local credit union offering a... a um, Nine month CD at 5.2% that has a step to it. In other words, if within 30 days they, you know, increase their rates on new ones. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcases always packed pass or the wait. I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all three pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirado Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiradopass.com. Billions, millions, one lost, changing fortunes. But then you start talking about why we're looking at, and it's all about retirement income, tax planning. The tax planning is the part of the phrase that I. it's, it's tough to get through without going, that's not fun. Um, CFP Chad Burton is joining me today to talk about safe money. What is safe money? And um, we're going to take it from one more time. Give us a little bit more on safe money, Chad. Yeah, you bet. It's so if we're dealing with retirees specifically, because if you're a working you know person or family, um, you need six to twelve months worth of expenses, your total expenses in safe money in case something happens, you get laid off, get injured, things like that. Um, but when we're talking about retirement planning. Your issue there is that you don't ever want to have to draw your portfolio in a down market because there are years like 2022 where the both stocks and bonds can be down together. Because if you look at the the, the two ETFs, Rob, if you look at just mm-hmm. SPY, which is the S&P 500 total return last year, and then AGG, which is an ETF that represents the US Barclays Aggregate Bond Market Index. Um, so... Bonds were down around 13% after dividends and, and the SP 500 was down about 18% or so in 2022, right? And if you look at a, a balanced fund, a 60 40, like VBIAX, Vanguard Balanced, and none of these are recommendations, just for example here, um, that, that fund was down almost 17% last year. Now, over the last five years, 
the S&P 500 is up 55%. Vanguard balance is up like 33%. So the, the market treats you very, very well over time. I mean, we're talking, if I look out 20 plus years, I would assume the S&P 500 will average for me 10, 11% over my lifetime, just like it has over the last 50 years. But you got to realize that it's only positive 70 to 74% of the time. The rest of the time it's negative and it's those negative years where you cannot make mistakes. You can't be selling stocks when they're down to pay your expenses because you'll miss out on the recovery. And now 2023 is a, a perfect example of how quickly in the last 30 days, the stock market when, oh, everybody thought we we're going into recession. Now we've got this big bump, right? And what a perfect time to sell a little bit, takes a little bit off the table, make sure you have your three years worth of portfolio draws in safe money. So it's not expenses, it's your expenses minus social security, minus pension, minus a stable rental income, things like that. And doing a very cash flow intensive, very detail oriented financial plan where you can clearly see these are my expenses, my healthcare costs, my taxes. This is my income from social security, pension, things like that. How much is left over that I need to draw each year from my portfolio? And uh, that way, you know, how much do you keep safe and how much do you put in some sort of a version of a balanced portfolio? You brought up AGG, AGG, the iShares core aggregate bond fund, exchange traded fund. That's not something that you recommend per se as an idea for the average investor, is it? Or is it something they should look at? I've never looked at it. I've never said, you know, let's take a look at bonds today. Um, I'm kind of, I follow the stock money, so to speak. In, in, in fixed income, I prefer either actively managed in most cases okay. um, or individual bond allocations. Okay. But when you look at a, an active manager that is going to be in kind of the core bond space, which is um, you know higher quality bonds that are out there, most of them are going to you know show their performance versus that type of an index. And so, um, no, it's I mean none of the things that I just talked about are. Um, a recommendation, for example, the Vanguard Balance Fund. That's just to kind of show what a combination has done. Okay, but you know, I don't. I don't want just sixty percent U.S. stocks and forty percent U.S. bond indexes. It's not going to do as well over time, in my opinion, as making sure you have in your stock side large cap, small cap, mid cap, international emerging markets. Um, you've got some alternative investments in there, like real estate and commodities, and then you've got your fixed income that has to do with everything from. You know, tax-free uh, core corporate bonds and what we call more strategic uh, income, which you might go a little bit higher quality or treasury inflation protected bonds and things like that. So, you know, AGG, SPY, those kind of things. That's good for beginning investors that are starting out. And you're trying to build your first two hundred fifty to five hundred thousand dollar portfolio, and you're trying to get some core bond exposure inside of a retirement account. You know, that's one of the ETFs you could compare to. Thanks. And sorry for going off track on that. Now, let's go back to the three years of portfolio draws and safe money and the rest mm-hmm. and what you referred to as some version of a balanced portfolio. What do you mean by some version? Well, yeah, the, the, a traditional balanced portfolio, it's funny. So when I got into the business in the early 90s, Rob, it was like most people would invest um, – 40% in stocks, 60% in bonds. And that's completely flipped over the years as interest rates have come so far down. Wow. And you know they're, they're, they're definitely up higher now. I mean, we've seen short-term rates is higher than they were since 2006, but the 10-year treasury is below 4%. And prior to the Great Recession in 07, it was much higher than that. 
almost two and a half percent higher. Um, so you could allocate a lot more towards bonds to support your income and retirement. Stocks, you know, have a higher rate of return, but more volatility. So long story short, people have changed it. It's more typically a 60, 40 stock and bond mix. And what I mean by some version of that, for example, a couple of years ago, it, I think it's been about a couple of years, we've, you know, reduced our allocation to bonds and added things like commodities. Uh, because rates were so low and inflation had been low and it was coming up. And, you know, here we are, we're at higher inflation, inflation starting to subside a little bit, but some of it's very sticky, like wage inflation and things like that. So what's the best way to fight inflation? Number one is stocks. And uh, number two is things like tips and treasury inflation protected bonds where they go, the face value goes up and commodities, which are all of the goods that are out there, right? Everything from uh, precious metals to, you know, um, you know, farming goods, uh, you know, like wheat and coffee and all, all those types of things that become more expensive with inflation. And so you got to have a little bit of all those things in a portfolio. Hi, this is Chad Burton. If you have questions about retirement and investing, it's time to get some answers. My website, chadburton.com has a ton of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement, links to our webinars, and several videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax-efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, and even saving for your kid's college. While you're there, also check out our tax planning and estate planning services and our video explaining our online wealth management tool. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. This invaluable resource is able to show the values and allocations of all your accounts regardless of where they're held. Information is updated each day at the end of market close, and these new numbers are fed into the financial projections we've created for our clients with the goal of constant financial clarity. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com, and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. I was fortunate enough to run into CFP Chad Burton, and given a little bit of time together, I, I just really grew impressed with what a certified financial planner's credentials were and how they have an important relationship with getting people to retirement and keep them in retirement with an income, which is kind of the goal. Earlier, I admitted I don't want to end up in a Georgia uh, trailer park like we see in TV shows. That was like the image that I had of poverty and, and retirement. I don't want that. So I need CFP Chad Burton. He's done a great year in the last 25. Oh, he's got a great job in the last 25 years explaining these ideas that are a little bit complicated. We were just talking about safe money, Chad, and you're going to be talking about Wealth preservation, retirement planning, income taxes, much, much more at a similar coming up February 9th at Juniper Hotel. People can sign up at your website, chadburton.com. You're a regional director and a CFP. We were just recently talking about safe money and where you can put it. And I'm surprised how many people send me emails like, um, where do you put your money online? What bank do you use? And I think that's a good question for you. Where would you put your safe money now? Well, yeah, I mean, so again, some, some of the online FDIC insured options that are out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, Marcus, Capital One 360, Ally, you know, you, you're able to get three and a half percent in some cases more on FDIC insured online banks. We've got a service where it kind of puts all of these together in one spot with really high FDIC insurance for clients. But, um, the other thing that you can do that's pretty easy, um, is treasurydirect.gov. Um, you can buy you know, I bonds and T bills from anywhere, you know, the shorter term. And, you know, it takes a while to kind of figure out how to do it. It's 
you could literally open up and, and fund an account at treasurydirect.gov in about 15, 20 minutes. Um, it takes a while to figure out how and what you want to buy in terms of T-bills anywhere from, let's say you wanted 26 you know, T-bills that mature in 26 or 52 weeks, but it's possible to get over four and a half percent safe money from the government and have them mature, you know, every 26 weeks if you wanted to. I'm at bankrate.com right now taking a look because they have a, they publish a lot of rates and they, they kind of help you with mortgage rates and 15 year and 30 year and jumbo rates. Mm-hmm. But they do have a, a section on the best high yield savings accounts for January 2023. And the one that jumps out to me is 4.35% with my savings direct, but it gets very low ratings. Is there a quality yep. assurance that you want? Like maybe you only want 4% or 3.7% if it's going to be better quality paperwork, if it's going to be less hassle, if it's going to be easier to get to. Uh, how much need do you have to look for the quality of the institution you're using? Well, it's huge. So first of all, if you have a living trust, there's some of these online ones that don't even allow a living trust. Oh, I didn't know that. So that is a, that's a key one, right? Because if you put a bunch of money in these things and then you pass away and you, you put yourself into a probate situation when you've done a living trust. So, um, that is one of the issues that we deal with all the time. So there's some other, it's, it's, it's tough because I could really talk poorly about a couple of them. Yeah. Um, there's one company that used to do kind of like, you know, micro loans. And then now they're trying to get into the business of these online FDIC insured banking. I've had, I've heard terrible things about it. Um, so stick with the bigger, well-known ones. Um, yeah. Some of the ones first make you set the account up and to do a bunch of paperwork to change it into the name of the trust. Um, so that, that is kind of key. Um, if you have that much safe money, you, you tend to be working with a financial advisor cause you're you know close to or at retirement and, you know, talk to the advisor about it before you go set up an account um, at, at treasurydirect.gov or whatever. You got to make sure it's set up properly, either under the name of a living trust or transfer on death. So if something happens to you, it doesn't go through probate. Good stuff. And I think the lesson here is the higher the yield, the more questions you should ask. Um, mm-hmm. Don't chase yield. How do you work to transition highly concentrated stock positions? As in the Bay Area, a lot of people work for tech companies and mm-hmm. a lot of their wealth is in one name. Going into retirement, what do you do? Yeah. And, and one more thing on that. I, you mentioned Bankrate, another place that has a decent um, place to look for online savings and things like that is Nerd Wallet. Mm hmm. Easy name to remember, right? Nerd wallet. So check that out. Okay. And then going into highly concentrated stock positions. I mean, this is so common with, you know, Bay Area and tech and everything else, right? Um, In fact, as people begin their career and working, it's like, I can put money into my 401k, but I'm also getting RSUs that vest and I just hold on to them. And all of a sudden people get towards retirement. They realize 30, 40, 50% of their net worth is tied up into a single company stock. And you go through, you know, really good times and then really rough times. I mean, just look at Tesla, right? Um, and so there's, first of all, if you get to that point where you've got the company that you work for, most of your retirement savings is also in that company's stock. The one thing that you need to concentrate on is your RSUs. That's where most people are building up their single stock problem, which is a good problem to have, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's still wealth. So 
one of the things that you have to to do is say, okay, on RSUs, restricted stock units, as they vest, there's no tax purpose to continue to hold them. So when an employee gets those and they already have a bunch of the company they work for, whether it's Salesforce or, or you know Microsoft, Cisco, whatever, as they vest, the company sells some shares to you know withhold from taxes. You should be going in selling the remainder of those shares and investing it in a more diversified portfolio, so you don't continue to grow this problem. Um, and so that's one thing to to reduce it that way. So let's say though you get to retirement, you're five years away, or you're in retirement, you retire, you've got a whole bunch of money in a single stock. This is when you need to do some really, you know, careful financial modeling, very detailed financial plan, very cash flow oriented, where you can clearly see you know, tax issues and run different models and things like that. And let, let's model this out. Let's model a situation where what does your retirement look like if the company that where you have too much money, what, what if it falls 50% and then never really fully recovers? Is your retirement going to be ruined? You have to clearly see that on paper. So, okay, this is, an, this is a possibility that's happened many times in the past, if not worse, if you think of Enron and other places like that. Um, sure. And then you do another model that says, what if I just sell it, go ahead and pay the taxes and invest in a more conservative portfolio? And how does that look? Am I still going to be okay after taking that tax hit? What does my long-term cash flow look like? What does my Monte Carlo simulations look like where it's where you can actually get, based on historical market returns of different asset classes, how successful does your retirement look like based on how much you're going to draw and how you're allocated? And that way you can at least compare those two options. And then the next is working through maybe a combination of, of results. Maybe you sell a little, pay some taxes, reinvest, or maybe you use some options to whittle away at the position. And I don't know how much time we have left in it, but this is where, this is where I truly believe that options, you might see a lot online and things like that of people that day trade and think it, Need a lot of classes that you can take and money that you can spend on trying to learn how to do this. I look mm-hmm. at it as options, like selling calls or buying protective puts as a way to protect wealth or identify something that you want to sell and try to earn a little bit of extra income on it. What's, so interesting, for, that you, what's interesting what you just said is CNBC makes options look like a way of creating wealth, not necessarily preserving wealth. Well, I'm not going to say that it's not possible because there's going to be people that do make a living on day trading. Right. But it's, you know, that's their full-time job. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's not for somebody that's working eight hours a day and then they're going to use some options and and make a bunch of money because most of the people that I meet that do that, their returns net of taxes over time are lower than if they just would have left the money in the S&P 500 and continue to invest monthly. Well said. So, um, you know, what I, what I do with a lot of clients that get overweight and whether it's been Apple or whatever position we're dealing with, you can start selling calls on a position, which essentially creates a little bit of income and it draws a line in the sand. You know, sometimes it's 15 to 16% higher than where the stock is now, where you then start to trim that position. But it allows you to participate in a portion of the upside it buffers some of the downside risk by creating that income from selling the call, which is you know selling the right from somebody else to buy it from you if it if it goes above a certain price, and it kind of creates a, a way to hey let's let's create some income let's start to to whittle down this position, 
um, but still participate in some of the upside. Cause that's what we deal with is like people just don't want to part with the stock because it made them wealthy. Well, eventually you got to start parting with it. And so you might as well create some income and, and pick a point which you will start selling. Psychologically, people do get attached. And I've got a little bit of that in my portfolio where I'm like, ah, and what's even funnier about that is I talked about the first stock I ever bought and I look back at it and I said, if I had held it, I would have made a lot more money, a lot more just by holding it. But it's too smart for my own good 25 years ago. Well, you know, yeah, we've been doing this together for a long time. Remember how GE used to be an amazing company? Sure. (laughs) Things change, right? Things definitely change. So other ways is, is when you're trying to say, I want to get some income, um, you can sell some calls and use that income to buy some protective puts. So at least it kind of puts this, this known amount on the upside and the downside on a position that you own too much of. So if you think about it, options, you could say, I know I want to or need to start selling this or need to start creating some income off of some of these positions. Maybe I can use options to do that. Or if it's a large position, you don't need any income for quite a period of time. There's things called exchange funds, which your company stock might be eligible for, where it's a way to take a single stock position, lock it up into more of a fund, and then at the end of a period, kind of come out with a more diversified portfolio. And then another great one is if you have charitable intent, a charitable remainder trust to get a tax break and create income for your lifetime is another really good option. We were just talking about the use of options. They're complicated tools. One of the things that Chad has access to is complicated software, which helps plug in user data. And you can kind of see a lot of options. You can model a lot of scenarios. Super important. I work with a CFP on Chad's team because I can't do this by myself. It's way too complicated for me. It needs the help of a CFP, in my opinion. So come meet Chad February 9th at the Juniper Hotel, a lovely location in Cupertino with lots of great restaurants close by. Grab a dinner, catch a seminar. Sign up at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Chad, Americans are going to spend $26 billion this year on Valentine's Day. That's not the topic for you. Let's talk charitable remainder trusts and being 60 years old. And what do we need to know? <laughs> I'm glad you said so. I didn't even think about Valentine's Day. I'm glad I got going on that. Oh, man. Oh, it's... It's so interesting because it's, it's, um, you know, I, through social media, you know, people I went to high school with and things like that, that'll ask, mm-hmm. okay, how do I start getting save it, started savings? And I'm like, you know, you're, you're late forties now. It's, you should already have three or four years worth of income saved up, but that's not how most, you know, Americans work these days because they can't. Um, that's why we're seeing wage inflation now because it's like we had things becoming more expensive, but wage is not going up as quick as that. And people get to the point you know, where their kids have almost through for college and they finally have extra money that they can save and they've, they've really got to play catch up here. Um, and so focusing on that 401k mm-hmm. is, is really important. And now with the amount of money that we can put into our 401ks, um, most people can use that as a major tool. So for example, I gave on the podcast last week, an example of somebody that was putting in the you know, $30,000 pre-tax, they were getting an employer match. They were putting in a little over $20,000 after tax, which was being automatically converted into the Roth 401k. It's called a mega Roth 401k option that a lot of companies have. Salesforce, um, you know, Intuit, Apple, Cisco, Microsoft, KLA, like I mentioned. Um, most of these plans are allowing those after tax contributions that you can flip over to the Roth bucket without paying taxes. 
on it. Um, and it's, it's, it's a huge tool. I mean, it's, that's, that's where when, when I got into business, you could save 2000 to an IRA. And I think it was the lesser of 10% or $10,000 into the 401k. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. in a good way. And again, it's a lot of stuff to keep on top of. Do we have time to hit a little bit more on the secure 2.0 act, 2.0 act and, Ultimately, do you think it's good policy from what you can see so far? Well, I mean, it is. There's 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 some good stuff in it. There's there's things that allow people to access their money um, easier in an emergency event that I'm not going to yeah. really go into because I kind of focus more on the the retirement and estate planning side of it. Um, it. That scares me a little bit because I don't want people to have to tap their 401k for savings emergencies. There, <laughs> it doesn't solve the problem of people need more money to be able to save, right? That's the big issue here. Like, how do we how do we create more business and more jobs in the United States versus create more complicated tax code? That yeah, there's some good saving strategies here, and it puts off required minimum distributions a little bit later. But there was already solutions for that. Um, there's one interesting thing in there, of course, where if you have a kid that goes to college and they have an overfunded 529 plan, if that's been around for over 15 years, then that child after college, they could move a certain money, amount of money up to 35000 over time from their 529 plan to a Roth IRA, which will grow tax-free for retirement. There's all sorts of rules and um, things that are going to be clarified on the Secure 2.0 Act. But does it make it so that you know, a single mom with three kids has more money that they can use to save for retirement? No, it doesn't. So that's that's kind of a little bit of an issue that I have with it. We don't need more complicated tax code in this country. We need the the ability for businesses to, you know, grow and hire. There's the Jolt Report, and we have plenty of job openings, but people tend not to want those jobs. Are you seeing that? Because we do have a lot of jobs, and I was, last week I was stupidly talking about chat GPT. And I looked at the job. I'm like, chat GPT is going to take away jobs. It's, you're gonna, if you're a DJ, you're going to lose your job. Um, and then I looked at the Jolt report. I'm like, there's plenty of jobs out there. Um, that's not the problem at this point in time, but interesting that you brought that up. Just kind of yeah, sign up I mean, for the event. Yeah, absolutely. Sign up for the event. Encourage your kids to work at restaurants because it seems like that's where the big shortages are. Yeah, yeah. But not the uh, McDonald's. I don't know if you've seen... Uh, in California, what we're doing to fast food restaurants like McDonald's, uh, basically pushing them out of the state with higher and higher minimum wages and more and more robots coming in. But that's for another story for another day, Chad. Um, any last topics we need to hit before we wrap this up? Uh, no, I think it's just the, the key period of time is that you really need to get a financial plan. And the investment side, you know, the stock market is going to treat you really well over time. What becomes difficult is how you go from, okay, I, I think I'm, I have enough to retire in 10 years. How to truly know if that, if you do after taxes, after you draw money out of your various accounts, um, and your healthcare costs that you're going to have and, and having a very detailed cash flow oriented financial plan where you can say, this is how much I'm going to draw from my portfolio. This is how much I'm going to pay in taxes and healthcare costs. Being able to see all that. That's what you need to have in terms of an overall financial plan. So if you're paying somebody 1% just to manage an account for you and you're not getting tax planning, estate planning, cash flow analysis, Monte Carlo simulations, things like that, you need to get a new relationship. 
Sounds good, Chad. Um, you know that I have a relationship with you long-term in media talking about the stuff. It's always fun to get you on air. The listeners benefit. We get lots of great questions and follow-ups. You can find CFP Chad Burton. He's a regional director and partner at EP Wealth. You can find him at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. On top of that, there's a lot of content on his website that's worth uh, perusing. He mentioned a podcast that he did earlier this week or midweek last week. You can find that anywhere you get podcasts under New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. Top podcast. Comes out about once a week and um, it's a lot of good content to digest. Thanks very much, Chad. All right. Thanks, Rob. Big event coming up at the Juniper Hotel, February 9th, 630 to 830. You can sign up for the event at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.